Hello, everybody. Welcome to the fourth episode of In the Process Writing a Story. I'm your host, Connor Kamineski. I'm glad you guys decided to join. Either come back, you're new, whatever it may be. I'm glad you guys are here. This is just the podcast where some weeks I'll be coming on discussing topics in my head that I've been thinking about and would love for you guys to hit me up and and let me know your thoughts and your opinions. Or we will be interviewing athletes, artists, entrepreneurs, hearing kind of their story, where they came from, how they got to where they are today, the adversity they faced, all that jazz. And uh, I'm, I'm really happy. Some weeks we'll also come on and talk about Kingdom and really the direction it's going how it's going what pieces are going to be coming what i'm most excited for stuff like that right um this week we have a very special guest he goes by the name of matt benning he's a former oiler now a nashville predator um i'm really grateful that he gave me the time to come on and and discuss his career a little bit and what he's going through what he went through in edmonton playing with mcdavid and all that stuff so i uh i'm really excited for you guys to listen and hear what he has to say without further ado do the NHL player Matt Benning. Just like to start, thanks for coming on, Matt. I appreciate it. I know you're uh, down in Florida right now, so get some nice weather and and the Super Bowl hype around you. So. I'm uh, glad you decided to give me a little bit of your time and come on and just answer a couple of questions. So thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, of course, anytime I got I got time for for you and your family. Um, you guys have been awesome. To me, so thank you. Yeah, of course, of course. So really, I my first question and all that is your dad and your uncle Brian and. Jim, they played in the NHL. Your uncle was drafted sixth overall, and your dad played for five NHL teams. Both had pretty long careers, pretty decent ones. What kind of impact growing up did they really have on you? And and as a kid growing up, looking at your dad playing in the NHL and, and your uncle and stuff like that, what did they do to kind of push you into the direction of getting into hockey and then making the NHL? Yeah, I mean that it's it's a unique dynamic between the two of them. Obviously, they both had very successful NHL careers. Um, they were smaller defensemen in the NHL of an era that was mostly bigger defensemen, so um, they had to be at specific things to stay there. But yeah, so I, mean, I guess I'd start with my dad. We grew up in Edmonton. Um, my uncle Jim was actually in Buffalo at the time, so he was kind of he he wasn't around a whole lot, um, and that's kind of where I'll get to. In a, in a bit about the different dynamic but um yeah my dad started me out in hockey as a kid so i was very privileged to to grow up in a, in a nice neighborhood uh I, I never had to worry about hockey sticks or hockey skates and and hockey is just one of those sports that uh it's it's expensive to play uh i mean you you know that yeah. but uh started like i said when i was three or four my dad built an outdoor rink and then we moved to st albert i think part part of that we moved from kind of downtown edmonton 
actually where the old Rexall place was. And I think part of the reasoning we moved is that the hockey kind of bracket and hockey competition wasn't as strong as it was in St. Albert. I'm um, a little bit better living in St. Albert too. Um, so very fortunate that way. Got to play against top players and, and be on the same team as top players in St. Albert, uh, which is great. And the thing with my dad is that he never really pushed me to, he said, all right, you're, you have to play hockey. You have to do this. You have to do this. He just, he was there more so for guidance. Um, I would look at my early career as, as in Pee Wee and Bantam and, and he was, he was involved in, in coaching. He was either the head coach or assistant coach. I mean, which can go either way. He was hard on me. I think I was the one that was benched the most, um, out of anybody on the team. It was, uh, it was, it was a good thing for me to kind of experience that he, he, um, he expected a lot from me and then kind of moving on as I transitioned into midget hockey, it was less of teaching more of, um, kind of being me and you know we'd, we'd dissect the game car ride home sometimes after the game when when we're having a meal he was always involved that way you know what my mom was a massive part of it too she she did a whole lot of driving for me preparing meals uh, making sure that I was on time but I would I would say it, it was a huge team effort by my mom and my dad and then I think moving to junior hockey was kind of when I noticed when he kind of took his foot off the pedal a little in terms of, of coaching me uh to say or giving me tips it was more of him hanging hanging in there watching my games he loved to come and watch my games and then it was more so of me asking him hey hey dad um on this play what did you see because this is what i saw and do you think that there was a better option there so it was more so of just a, a man-to-man conversation at that point um and continued that through college um he watched a lot of my games online and even even into pro- professional hockey and nhl um he has a good good vision for 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 what's um what's doable out there and, and what's in my skill set and if if there's um if there's anything that that uh, i'm unsure of um i can i can lean on him for for advice so um he's been extremely important for me um he's kind of been i would i would call him like a mentor um he's had a lot of experience um he was he was kind of the guy that that pushed me to go to college even though he didn't go to college um he was a western hockey league player um but he saw what what co- what college would offer to me um, and my skill set at the time of my development. That's kind of what I needed, and I guess that's kind of where I'll transition to what my uncle uh, provided me with my uncle Jim. It was a little bit of a different relationship. Um, like I said, he wasn't really around when I was young. It was more so my dad and my grandfather Elmer that were giving me tips and and advice on 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 what I need to do to kind of develop as a young player. And then when I got drafted to the Boston Bruins, that's where he was. That kind of uncle title quickly shifted from more of an uncle to um the gm of, of an nhl team that that's been a lifelong dream for me yeah. so um it was a little bit different um i think there was some tough love there when i was originally drafted i wasn't in great shape and he kind of sat down with me and part of his job there was was to do those sorts of things and and tell me yeah, you need to get in shape you're you're not in good shape but i think for him, it was out of love and and wanting me to to develop more as a hockey player. After I was drafted, I went to college for three years. I, I was in the same town as him in Boston. He would come to a bunch of my games and um, give me give me feedback and kind of what what they saw me as a player. When I say they, meaning the boss 
uh, the Bruins organiza- organization. So yeah, I mean, comparing them, they're very, very different kind of in, in my life. Now, now I see my uncle Jim is, is more of my uncle, not, uh, not the GM of the Vancouver Canucks, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, yeah, you know what, like family reunions were awesome. Um, when my grandfather was still alive, I'd, I'd make, not make fun, but kind of joke around with my wife, Janelle and say like, Hey, I'm sorry. Um, there's a family reunion. We're, we're not going to be talking about anything except for hockey. So, uh, I apologize in advance and, and, uh, you know, it, it was, it was great. They, I would say definitely my, my mother, my father, my uncle, and my grandfather were kind of the four main, uh, influences in me, uh, in my hockey career, starting from when I was four till where I am now. Yeah. Nice. I, I, listening to that from from really your dad and and starting off with you saying he was your coach and stuff like that and moving I always hated when my dad was coaching me I hated when my dad would try and tell me stuff and and tell me to do something here and there because my dad never played hockey or anything so (laughs) and I was a kid so I was always like man I know better than you so don't tell me what to do you know but for you it's you pretty much couldn't say that because both your dad and your uncle were in the NHL. So saying, oh, you don't know nothing probably didn't work that well. I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And you know what? I think it's part of just growing up as a kid. Like I, I definitely went through that phase where yeah, uh, I didn't want to hear what he was saying because I knew he was right um, or whatever he was saying. I didn't agree with and kind of just take with a grain of salt and, and move yeah. on. But uh, yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I think that's just kind of kind of growing up and, and being at that age where uh, you think that you know more than them and, yeah. and uh, that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, really moving on from you're going in St. Albert, you played Bantam double, Bantam triple, then you went to midget triple, and then you played in Spruce. And uh, it looks like you spent more time in the penalty box, actually, than on the ice uh, when you were there because you had 65 penalty minutes in the first year and 87 the next year. So you were a pretty gritty guy. Was there a reason kind of behind your penalty minutes or were you just out there trying to protect your team and be the enforcer out there? What, what was going on there? Yeah, you know what? Um, it was it was a different league than the Alberta Junior is now. Um I remember as a 16-year-old, I was the only 16-year-old on the team. And um, at the time, you were allowed to dress nine nine players that were 20 years old. And I think now it's three or four. So we had a lot of older older players on the team. And, and you know what? The league was a lot older. Um, we had a lot of guys who, um, at the time, there was a rule in the Western League, or, or Western League that you only could have um, three. I think it was three guys who were 20. So we got a lot of players who who got cut in their last year in the Western league and wanted to continue to play hockey. So they came to the Alberta junior league. And I think on our team, gosh, I think we had 12 guys who were 20. Um, so that was, that was tough. Um, just being a young guy, kind of not hazed on, but you were, you're an easier target in the dressing room. And, and um, I think that the league was just older and tougher. Um, yeah. So I think that that was kind of, you got in some, some good battles with teams uh, locally that yeah, you're either fighting and, and getting a five, five or 10 minute penalty uh, for fighting or, or if you know what, there was a, there's brawls kind of everywhere. Or, um, yeah. I think, I think then, yeah, my, my conditioning and my <laughs> body composition wasn't as, as good as it needed to be. Um, and I was probably tripping guys or holding guys. So 
Yeah. And I, you know what? I, I think just, just me as a player, I mean, it's different from player to player, but for me, I needed to, um, and even now I, I need to compete really hard to, to be successful and, and relevant and, and help out the team. And I think penalty minutes can kind of come with that is, is when you're battling and, and um, I mean, you can get a roughing penalty, you can get a cross-checking penalty, that sort of thing. When you're playing hard, um, penalty minutes kind of come with it. So yeah. I, I think I was, I was in three or four fights every year. Um, so, I mean, I definitely wasn't scared to, to drop the mitts, but I think a lot of it was just coming from just being so competitive. Yeah. Uh, so you also, you obviously said you were from Edmonton and then you went, moved to St. Albert, played in St. Albert, then played junior A in Spruce Grove. And then you decided to move away. What was that kind of like? You went to the USHL, like you lived in your home city, obviously for pretty much your whole life and played in your home city. And then you decided to move away. What what was the kind of pressures there and, and really what was going through your mind when you moved and then you moved again for college? So, yeah. I mean, I think that was kind of a time in my life where I thought junior hockey, I, I, I needed another, another jump. I needed, uh, I needed to go to a league that I thought was a little bit better and gave me a better opportunity to get a scholarship. Um, I, did, I didn't want to be um, a 20-year-old or a 21-year-old going into college. I wanted to be 18, 19, or, or 20. Yeah. Um, so I thought the USHL was, was a great um, stepping stone for me to get there. It, you know what? It was going back to your first question. It was a lot of uh, phone calls and conversations with my dad and my grandpa my mom and my uncle. And at the time, um, Pete Shirelli was the GM in Boston. He was a part owner of that USHL team I went to. And um, my uncle Jim knew it was a great situation there. The year before, they had Johnny Goudreau, um, Mike Matheson, Zem Zemgis Gergensons. So some some really good players that they kind of pushed through that system. And I, I was looking more so to go there to get a scholarship. And, you know, it, it was a great fit. I, I actually went there with a local kid that, that I grew up playing with, Peter Quenville. And uh, we both did really well there getting scholarship. He got a scholarship to Quinnipiac and I was to Northeastern. And I think our, out of the 23 skaters on our team, 20 of us got scholarships that year. Um, you know, it was a special, special team. Uh, we ended up winning. We only lost, I think, 10 or 12 games and had had while doing it i think that was kind of the year that my game personally um took off uh we had a great coach there head coach and assistant coach um head coach was jim montgomery he's the assistant coach in st louis now uh he was the head coach last year in in dallas um and he was great for me in my development he he pushed me um to be to be a better player and and yeah i, I think just the practices there were, were so tough he challenged the forwards to beat the defenseman and he challenged the defenseman to to beat the forwards and um I think just that competitive nature helped us uh, in, in games. Like if it felt games felt easy compared to practices. Um, and then from there, obviously I was very fortunate to get a scholarship to Northeastern. We had three, three guys from my USA, USHL team uh, to go to Northeastern. So I had some familiar friends uh, coming in with me and, and um, they've been lifelong friends. One of the guys was actually my best man at my wedding and, and keep in contact with a lot of them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would I would definitely say each stage I think the US the AJHL the USHL and college were were kind of small stepping stones for me I I didn't think I was good enough at 16 to go and play in the USHL I had to play a few years in the AJHL and then move to the USHL and then move to college um, where some other players
players can make that jump um, like my brother for example yeah I think also listening to you too it's uh, you kind of seem to focus on obviously the big picture as a hockey player even I'm sure kids now and, and me growing up too the big picture was I want to make the NHL. I want to play in the NHL. But for you, it seems like you focused a lot on step-by-step, each step of the way. And and you kind of said, all right, midget triple, I'm going to go play junior A. And then you played two years of that and then said, you know what, this isn't, this isn't going to get me to that next level, say. Uh, I need to get better. I need to play against better players in a better league. So I'm going to go to USHL, get the scholarship, and then go from there, right? So I, I definitely appreciate that where you're looking. You have the end goal in mind, which is the NHL, but you have the the vision of taking each step to get there, right? So, I mean, yeah, a, lot, yeah. a lot of players and a lot of people don't have that. They just kind of have the end goal in mind and, and think it'll come. So it's uh you got to take each step at a time after your college career, after Northeastern, you ended up not signing with Boston. You signed with your local team, the Edmonton Oilers. What was kind of going through your head there and why did you pick Edmonton? What was that like? Yeah, that, that was, um, that was definitely uh, a different situation for me at the time. Uh, my uncle moved on from Boston and he was in uh, Vancouver. So after my third year of college, my, my rights were up. So basically when you're drafted, the NHL team has four years to sign you. And if they don't sign you, then you're a free agent. Um, so, I was drafted, then I played one year in the USHL and then three in college. So my four, so my four years were up um, at the end of my third year. And I kind of told them like, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to make the jump to pro hockey. Um, we had a good year and in, in, uh, in college, we won hockey East, which is a tough division. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to make that jump. And, and Boston didn't seem too excited about me as a player. They kind of just told me like, you can go back play your fourth year um and we we might sign you but we're not going to sign you this year so i kind of took that with a grain of salt and um pete Chirelli, who was in boston when they drafted me in 2012 was in edmonton and he was the first guy who called about me really really liked me he, he kind of saw the progress i had from playing the ushl to college um, he kind of saw that direction that I was taking and he, he wanted to sign me. And at the time in Edmonton, there was some, some defenseman leave. So there was a, there was a, there was an opportunity for me to come in right away and make an impact and, and play. And that's kind of, was the main thing that I valued is, is when I want, when I turned pro, I'm at the time I was 22, 23, I wanted to play right away. I didn't want to spend time in the minors. So, you know, what ended up working out that the team that really wanted me and the team that had some opportunities for me to come in and play was also my hometown team um i think that was kind of just fluky and uh, i guess that's that's just part of it i've been really fortunate to to play in edmonton for four years um obviously moved on now but um that was just kind of my path and and yeah i mean it, i i explain it to you now is 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 simple but you know what along the way there was a lot of phone calls a lot of late nights it, it was it was stressful and i think a lot of a lot of parents and players go through that not knowing what to do it's almost like a game of chess but i mean I, I i speak to some young kids in the summer and um all i all i tell them is to keep their options open whether you want to go to the western hockey league or college um just to keep your options open and when when they lay it out in front of you then you can make your decision yeah you got to play with some special players here in edmonton obviously you played with mcdavid and, and dry saddle and went to the playoffs one year and kind of got shafted in the second round but when you signed with edmonton in your head and then proceeding on and playing a couple of years, what was kind of like the 
the pressures and obstacles you kind of face? Like what was going through your mind after a bad game, after a good game? What did you, did you feel any extra pressure just because you were from the same city? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think a lot of people kind of think that there would be extra pressures, but you know what, I, it's been really good. And, and it was really good. I mean, I thought a lot of my pressure, a lot of the pressure would come from my friends uh, wanting me to do really well and that sort of thing. And, and you know what, my friends, family were really great throughout the whole, the whole time. And you know what, Edmonton and, and most Canadian markets are, are, when things are going well, it's, it's, it's amazing. But when things aren't going the way you'd like it to, then the fans can be hard on you. And that was yeah. kind of one thing that I, I needed to learn in my career was just because you're a local kid, not everyone's going to like you and, and people are going to say things that you that you don't want to hear. So that was definitely a learning curve for me. And I think a lot of players that 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 play in th those tough markets is are super passionate and they want you to do so well. And if, and if you're not doing as well as, as people want you, then um, you're going to hear about it. So like I said, that was a learning curve, had to go through a lot there. And you know what? Yeah. And in, in the four years I was there, we had three different coaches. That was something new for me. I've, I've never kind of had a coach fired um, mid season and, and be replaced. Um, yeah. I mean, when I turned pro, I, there's a lot of things that I hadn't experienced yet, but you kind of just go with the punches and lean on, lean on your loved ones and, and, or, or people, um, in the league that have, have that have been around for a while, um, for advice. So, I mean, I had, I had some older players, my first few years that, um, I looked up to and, and were great guys, uh, Matt Hendricks, Latestu, Chris Russell, those type of guys. I could always, if, if something was going on, I could always, talk to them and, and ask them for their advice. And, and that's something that I've kind of learned, not just in hockey, but in life in general, that asking for advice is, 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 is a great asset to have on your end. Um, you learn what, what other people went through and you can, you can kind of gauge what gauge your decisions on, on that process. So um, I was fortunate to have two uncles that went to the Western league, another uncle that went to college. So like I said, I, I kind of talked to them and, Hey, what's the pros and cons of going to the Western League? Hey, what's the pros and cons in going to college? And that's kind of how I made my decision. It was more of a, a calculated um, guess of 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 what I wanted and and what I thought was was more positive for my um, development. Nice. Yeah, you said earlier too, like you like to keep your your doors open, man. You know, like keep your options open and all that and explore. So. I think that's really good. I think a lot of people need to do that instead of like, I remember when I was in grade nine, I was a year older, right? So I would have been drafted to the WHL when I was in grade eight, but yeah. didn't happen. I was never good enough. And I accepted that I was okay with it. But you know, when I was in grade nine and kids are crying or, or upset about not getting drafted or anything, it's definitely tough to see, but a lot of people don't look at it with, oh, but I could probably still make the WHL or I could still go to college and stuff like that. And there's different paths. So you, you definitely kept all your options open and, and looked at what's best for you. I can definitely appreciate that and respect that because a lot of people don't and they just make one, two, three decisions and sometimes they're not the best, right? So you're exactly right in, in the fact that like this in the summers, I, I, I go to those kids who are grade eight or seven and, and say, um, you know what, your the Western Hockey League draft is coming up. Um, you can't you can't play on on the Western League team until you're 16, 17 years old. So just kind of keep your doors open. And and you know what, you're exactly right. Um, when that draft happens, um, there's people that are disappointed that they didn't get drafted where they thought they were, or they didn't get drafted. And and you know what, that's more of a 
um, you want to be cool amongst your friends sort of thing. And, yeah. and it's kind of the first, the first acknowledgement of how you rank against other people that you've been playing against for so long. And, and it's tough. And I mean, as, as a kid in grade eight or nine, if you sign in the Western league, getting free sticks and free skate sounds awesome, but that's, that's a, that's, that's the downside of it, uh, is basically that if you accept those sticks and those skates, you're considered a professional, um, thus, um, you're, you, you can't go to college anymore. So that's kind of, I just, I just, in the summer times, I, like I said, I, I just want to educate those kids and those parents because, you know, a lot of the times parents are the ones that don't know and, and they're the ones making the decisions or, or have a good influence on the decisions. And I was fortunate enough in my life to, to have, um, uncles and, and a grandfather and my dad that, that experience that those things and could could give me information about those things. Yeah, I think everybody needs to search around and, and kind of get different opinions everywhere because I, I mean, first the the most important thing is is what your heart's saying and what you really want. But seeking other people's advice and, and opinions is definitely, I think, key to being successful or key to being sent on the right direction right yeah i i definitely respect that and, and you were pretty fortunate that you had an uncle a dad and all that in the nhl and both went route different routes or whatever it may be you had you had options to talk to so i mean i i'm definitely i, I can respect that and appreciate what you're saying and where your viewpoint is and, and how you kept all your options open um and speaking of options, this summer you you ended up signing with Nashville. The Oilers ended up passing on you, and uh, you moved on. What was kind of like that like for your uh, your situation? You obviously have a newborn and and your family and all that. So what was kind of free agency like? What kind of pressures did you feel and, and everything like that? Yeah, I mean that was another situation that um, I've never experienced. I've never experienced being on a different team in the same league. Um, so. Um, it was new for me. Um, not only that, but the whole COVID thing made things interesting in free market agency. There's a lot of players in the market. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I was going to a team that valued me uh, for one and there was an opportunity for two. So Nashville called and they were really excited um, that I that I wanted to come to Nashville. Um, Nashville's a great city, great fans, although Canada fans now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me and my family, it was, it was, I think it was just time for a change. I think in Edmonton that they kind of had a different uh, view of, of me and wanted to go a different route. And, you know, sometimes that happens. It, it's part of it. Um, but you know what? Yeah, it, it was, a, it was a tough decision for me personally, because I made such good friends um, with a lot of those guys and um, leaving those guys um, w was tough. But I think with, with any new opportunity, there's, there's a risk of it's not going to work out but there's also a great opportunity to go in and make a, a new first impression and and go to a, a, a team that that values you a little bit more yeah, yeah i mean things in nashville have been great um the move was was definitely challenging um with with the newborn um during covid um i packed up one of our vehicles and took the dog and we drove 33 hours to nashville and um my wife and my son um, went on the airplane and flew down a few days later. That was definitely different, I think. I mean, I'm fortunate that my wife, Janelle, she moved a lot as a, as a child and as, as a kid. Um, she likes she likes change and she likes moving. More um, for me, I'm more of a homebody. But um, yeah, like I said, Nashville's been, been awesome. Um, 
team's been great. It's been uh, fun meeting the new guys and hanging out with the new guys. So definitely can't complain. Yeah, definitely not a bad city or, or bad team to go to, right? They definitely a place I'd like to visit one day for sure. And uh, they got a good team squad there. So I, I hope you guys are successful this year and uh, go on a run for the cup. I got one last question for you. What advice would you give a 15, 16, 17, 12 year old and uh what advice would you give them now pursuing a hockey career or just any career in general what what would you kind of say yeah absolutely i i think there's a few things for me that kind of stuck with me throughout my my career is and we touched on one already is is keeping your options open no matter what it is in hockey whether it's a job in 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 life or 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 anything um the more options you have the better secondly i I would say be a student of the game for a lot of people um, nowadays. Anyways, you have access to to video of your games or video of, of NHL games. Pick a player that that you think that that you're like um, and, and don't be unrealistic about it. I mean, for me, like for me growing up, I knew I wasn't going to be Joe Sackick. I knew I was going to be more of a stay-at-home defenseman. Um, and that kind of leads to my last point is, and, and a point that my grandpa always told me, and, and that was, whatever you do good, make sure you do that good all the time. So for me, it was, it was playing defense, battling hard, breaking out pucks. And I think that that part of it was, that part of my game was, was kind of just a staple. Like I knew, I knew no matter what happened in the game in pro hockey, you're playing every other day, especially now with COVID we're playing every second day. And you know what? Sometimes your legs aren't going to be there. Sometimes you're going to feel like crap. Um, but those are those staples in your game make you consistent and make you, uh, makes you, uh, a better rounded player and that sort of thing. So, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to play with Connor and Leon and, and um, most people think that, you know what, Connor's so fast that he doesn't need to work on his skating, but in reality, he probably works harder on his skating than anybody I know. So like I said, whatever, whatever you do really well, whether it's in hockey or life, continue to focus on that, build that as your core and then anything else. Is, is just extra. So that's what I have to say. Yeah. I like that answer. I like that. And if you're good at something, continue to be good at it, be good at it every day and all the time. So I, uh, I like that answer. That's a good answer. I, uh, I'm thank you for coming on Matt. I appreciate it. I I'm grateful you gave me your time and, uh, go enjoy some Tampa Bay weather. Awesome. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks yeah, for having no me. Worries. Yeah, of course. Thank you. them shakes made up a dance how come you shook and i ain't took out my hands beans there it is everyone the fourth episode of in the process writing a story that was matt benning and i um doing an interview obviously at the start you hear it was it was done a long time ago so i'm uh definitely have held it off for a while but i'm grateful it's out now and i uh i'm i'm happy you guys can listen to it and hear his thoughts and and what he was going through kind of in february and what he had to tell me about uh about his process along the way and how he got to where he is today so definitely happy um happy with the interview and happy you guys get to hear it now so i uh, i'm grateful he gave me his time as well so time is definitely the most valuable thing and i i appreciate when anyone anyone giving me a chance to talk to him so i uh yeah next week i will probably 
get on and, and just talk about some kingdom stuff, stuff that's going through my mind and some ideas that I have that I would like to share with you guys. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm grateful you guys are coming in, listening, and each week supporting me and supporting the brand. And we, uh, we're definitely working to make this world our kingdom, right? So with that being said, I, uh, this is the end of episode four of In the Process Writing a Story. I'm your host, Connor Kamineski. Goodbye. 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 Goodb